Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com, of course. This is where we talk about life after death and answer the meaningful questions you have around that subject. Today's subject is pretty darn cool, if I say so myself. It's brought to us by one of our listeners. I think it's about past life recall and in a very unexpected way, I guess you would say. Let's thank our sponsor, Best Psychic Directory. This is a free show. So if you have any interest in maybe getting a reading with a psychic or a medium, or an animal communicator, an energy healer, perhaps, then go to my site, Best Psychic Directory, where I have screened and approved over 900 of these psychics and mediums for you to choose from either by state, by specialty, and you can read reviews by you, the public. So that's at bestsightingdirectory.com. All right, today's show is really unlike anything we've had before. So let's see if you can determine what might have caused Lydia's experience. Think about it as she's telling it. It's pretty moving. Here's Lydia. Hello, my name is Lydia, and I would like to uh, relay a story that happened to me many years ago, about 37 years ago, um, when I was about 28 years old. I was a graduate student, a doctoral student at Iowa State University in Ames, and uh, a group of friends and I uh, decided to go see the university production, theater production of The Diary of Anne Frank. Now, like most people in this world, I had read the book several times. I knew the story. I had seen the movie. Uh, so there was nothing you know, unknown about the story. However, when my friends wanted me to come with them, I, I had a very strong reluctance to go. I didn't know how I would react. I don't know. I just had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that I shouldn't go. Um, but I did not know why. Eventually, I decided to prove to myself there was no reason why I shouldn't go, and I did, and I went with them. And so we're sitting down in the theater, and the... And the curtains open and the play starts and it's a good play and uh, of course it's emotional but no more emotional than anything else and everything went really well and I was kind of surprised I said I wonder why I felt that way and then in the very very last scene the the whole theater goes dark and all you hear are the noise of the soldiers the German soldiers running up the stairs to the attic, screaming in their guttural German voices and hitting the door of the attic with the butt of their rifles. That scene was the last scene and then the curtain, curtains closed. And then all of a sudden something happened to me. I got up, I stood up, and I started screaming from the top of my lungs, no, 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 I couldn't stop screaming. And I did not know why. And everybody was leaving and looking at me and my friends were absolutely dumbfounded. They did not know what to think if I had lost my mind, what was going on with me. And I just kept screaming and then it wasn't just a screaming. It was that electricity type feeling inside my body that was so strong, like I was being electrocuted. And it was from my head to my toes. And I felt like something was ripping inside of me. 
and I'm and I'm thinking there's still that little bit of that rational person inside of that madness that's, that's saying to it herself, Lydia, you need to control this thing or you're not going to make it. You need to control this. You, otherwise, your heart won't take it and you will die. And and it still goes on and I'm still screaming and I'm just shaking and it's that feeling literally of something trying to tear itself out of my body through this electrical type sensation and I knew my heart couldn't take it I mean I'm a very small person I'm a 90 pound woman and you know that that heart of mine couldn't take too much more electrical stimulation and it was all the way from the tip of my fingers all the way from the head, begin from my head to my toes. I mean, it was my entire body was electrified, and I kept telling myself, "You've got to get a hold of it. You've got to get a hold of this, or it will kill you." And little by little, I started calming myself down. But by that time, I had nothing left in my body. I just fell down like a like an empty envelope. And my friends were just so devastated to see me that way. And, and they kept asking me, are you okay, are you okay? And I couldn't even talk. I was just completely uh, you know, amorphous, you know. That was just, I was just like a shell. And everybody then, everybody by then had left. The lights had come on. And my friends had to hold me on both sides to take me outside. Everybody was quiet. And then the cold day of Iowa night kind of revived me. And then we went to their home and, and tried to eat something, but I sat outside and I just was very quiet. And I kind of forgot about this over the years. And then I started thinking about it a few years ago when I started reading about all these experiences that you talk about on your show, Mr. Olson. And I'm thinking, I say, I know it was not a near-death experience, but it seemed to me like it was almost an example of a situation where of a past life reincarnation that maybe I had been living in that time doing Nazi Germany and maybe a similar fate had happened to me and the, and the sounds and the German words and the, and the noise of the boots and the butts of the, the rifles banging on the door that awoke, awoke something in my subconscious mind and uh, and then that's when that other life maybe started coming out. But it's not compatible with this current life. And so it was kind of a, a battle between the two. And I won because obviously I'm here. But I, I've been thinking about that. And, and it kind of made sense because I'm Jewish. And I was born and raised in Morocco. And my parents lived through Second World War. World War II, and uh, they had heard of what was going on in, in, in Germany and in Europe with the Jews, and I, I was told that my father had bought a gun and was going to kill his family, I wasn't born then, kill his family and then himself if the Germans made it to our hometown. So there is a connection to Nazi Germany and to the Holocaust, but I never was part of that, I wasn't even born. But I was born in 1952, so, you know, sometimes souls that have, souls reincarnate pretty quickly when they've met some tragic death. That's kind of what I've read. Anyway, I've always felt there was a connection 
between me and Nazi Germany because I've always been very interested in it, very connected in it to it. And uh, amazingly enough, I even married a German man whose father was a soldier in the German army during World War II. So it kind of makes a little bit of sense, you know, this whole circle involving Nazi Germany and, and myself and, and dying a tragic death. But anyway, I just thought that uh, you would be interested to hear a story like this. I've, I follow your program and I don't think I've ever heard something similar. I appreciate uh, your time and the opportunity to share this story with you and your listeners. Thank you. All right, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Afterlife TV, and you can find us at afterlifetv.com. I'm pretty sure I promised you that this was going to be somewhat unusual, even extraordinary. Thank you, Lydia, for sharing your story. I'm very grateful for it because, you know, you're right. I don't know if we've ever done anything like this here before. I don't think we have. And I love this story for so many reasons. Let's kind of go through it as we usually do here on this show. All right, so you're 28 years old. You go to this play, The Diary of Anne Frank. You're reluctant to go. There's something right there. I mean, I think, you know, everybody probably picked up on that. You obviously picked up on that. Why were you reluctant to go? Something within you is telling you that there's a resistance to it. All right, so then the next thing, we get to the last scene. You can see the whole play. And I think what's most significant here is just the way they play this out. The theater goes dark, and then all it is is your other senses. So visually, you're not watching this anymore. Visually, your eyes aren't telling your brain that you're watching a play, right? Instead, you got the rest of your senses, mostly your ears, but I'm sure you can probably feel things maybe that are going through the speakers, kind of feeling this in your body. And you hear the German soldiers running up the stairs. You hear them screaming in German. And then you hear them hitting the door with their rifles, as you say. That might have just been an interpretation of yours, but chances are, what else are they going to hit them with, right? And I say, I bring that up about the interpretation because, once again, you may be making an interpretation based on a past life memory. And so, as I said at the beginning of the show, I think this is all about past life recall. Lydia, you obviously assume that yourself at the end. I, I think your assumptions about the whole thing were absolutely accurate, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think then what happens? You immediately start screaming yourself, no, no, no. Why did that come out of your mouth, right? And then you feel this electricity feeling throughout your body. It's interesting. You had a line here. I wrote it down. You felt like it was something trying to tear itself out of my body. Wow. What a statement right there. Then you collapsed. You had no strength to hold yourself up, even uh, after this whole feeling of the electricity inside you, the whole experience, I'm sure. And then you're, we get back to the house and you're quiet. And you say, you know, it's not an NDE. It's related to past life reincarnation. And again, quote, it awoke something in my subconscious mind. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is a not that uncommon. And so think about this. So this, this one is a fairly obvious one. Uh, but think about the things that happen in our lives. A song comes on the radio or, 
we hear a noise or we we experience something maybe it's a child screaming maybe you know maybe it's a, the guy next door is banging on his house with a hammer and all of a sudden we have this visceral experience our body reacts and we don't even know why you know there's been studies that have shown that if you're listening to to a particular song on the radio when you get in a car accident then in a subconscious way you might not even be conscious of it but at least in a subconscious way you hear that song on the radio after that accident and your body's going to react when we experience trauma we have uh, memories within our body certainly within our minds the recesses deep recesses of our mind right so these kinds of things come up I think this is just a great example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, like I said, this is a maybe a more obvious one, but an important one to show us, okay, if this happens and we can recognize it, then what happens to us when all of a sudden we feel as though we're suddenly very irritable or suddenly very fearful or anxious, and we don't know why? Sometimes it might be worthwhile to think back. What was going on when all of a sudden I started to feel that way? There, was there something on the television that I wasn't really paying attention to, but something was happening? Or did something happen within the house that created certain noises? Like I said, a scream, a loud bang, something that triggered something within you. I do believe that it would answer a lot of questions for us along the way. And this is one of the reasons that I recommend past life regressions. Now, when you have a past life regression, you go to a trained and hopefully experienced past life regressionist, and this person will then bring you through this almost meditative process where it relaxes your body, relaxes your mind, and then you kind of start to take suggestion from the regressionist, and in that suggestion, typically, we'll go backwards in time, in this lifetime and then work our way back into our childhood, maybe even into the womb. I've done all this, fascinating, I will tell you. I'm sure I've talked about it in the past. And then from there, we go into a past life. Out of all the experiences that I've had in the last 18 years investigating life after death, I will say this is definitely one of the top ones, is a past life regression. Now, is it always pleasant? No. You can, and you need to know this going in, I think, not that anybody told me, but I, I recognized it, and so I took advantage of it, that you can keep your distance. You can keep a distance from whatever might be going on. In my case, I've had a lot of grief in past lives, experienced a lot of loss, which makes sense considering what I do now for a calling. So what I'm saying here is that you can keep a distance when you're going through these experiences in that you don't have to be like seeing everything through the eyes of the person who's living it in that past life. You can actually watch it as a third party who's overlooking something that's going on. You can feel the emotions, but you have the ability to sort of pull back or move in and feel as many or as much of those emotions as you desire but one of the things that I think is most beneficial that Lydia did not get to experience when she had this experience that she told us about is at the end of a past life regression, good regressionists will then take you to a higher place, almost above yourself. 
maybe connect with your higher self, your soul self, I might call it, so that you can then take in any of the lessons that you needed to take in during that lifetime. So usually when you go into a past life, you'll only have a few major, maybe sometimes one major experience. And in my studies, in my research, I have found that we go back to the past life that has the major experience that is going to be useful to us now. A very obvious one, if we're, if we're afraid of heights, then it might be where we learn to be afraid of heights, something that happened, we fell off a cliff or something, right? But it's not always that obvious. But what I have had in all the experiences that I have had, all the past life regressions I have had, always brought me back to an experience that was related to what I was dealing with in my lifetime here, now. And it, it was perfect timing, right? It seemed like it. What's perfect about it is that you can be pretty sure that you will go back to a lifetime where there's an experience that's going to be helpful to you now that might not have been as helpful to you 10 years ago or 10 years from now. And if, if you don't notice it, if you, don't, if you can't make that connection right away, you might make it later. That's where the trust comes in. Anyhow, Lydia had this experience, and I'm hoping that like the past life regressions that I have had, and I know many other people have had, there was a healing that took place. Because it's very possible that there was. Finally, we find out that Lydia is Jewish. We find out that her parents had their own fears during World War II. And there is a certain fear that I believe gets into our DNA. And of course, Lydia is born after this. So two things going on here. She has the fear that she is inheriting from her parents. And then it's quite possible, as she said, we can go from one life to another very quickly. It's very possible that she actually lived through this period in our history herself. And this was just bringing back those memories. So a lot of possibilities there. And then finally, I loved that it sort of ended with the fact that she married a German man whose father was a German soldier. There's healing that's just taking place right here without doing any other work other than just loving one another and not letting history or prejudice or so many other possibilities get in the way of that love, right? Because that certainly could have. Hats off to you and your husband, Lydia, for not allowing that to happen. You're a great example to all of us. And I thank you for sharing your story with us. I want to thank you for listening to Afterlife TV, uh, watching it, and if you're watching it on YouTube and enjoying Melissa's photographs. I love the fact that Melissa is so in touch with nature and just enjoys photographing it to catch the beauty as she sees it. And we're able to share that so you have something to watch if that's what you enjoy doing. And I'm grateful to Melissa that she helps out in that way. Finally, if you're listening to Afterlife TV, you might be interested in my book, Answers About the Afterlife, if you're new to the show. Answers About the Afterlife by Bob Olson, you can find on Amazon. You can learn more about it at bobolson.com. And I have a new novel out called The Magic Mala, a story that changes lives. If you like The Alchemist, The Celestine Prophecy, or Way of the Peaceful Warrior, 
You're sure to like The Magic Mala. You might call it a teaching novel. It's a story that teaches. And we have been getting amazing reviews. We have 85 reviews, the latest from Brenda Howley, Bubba J, I think I'm saying that right, Keeper, Maria, Joanne Benson, Sue, and Mary Campion. I want to thank you all for leaving Amazon reviews, five-star reviews from each and every one of you. I appreciate you doing that to let other people know that you loved it so that they can feel confident in buying it as well. So that's it for today's episode. I think it was a good one. I really enjoyed Lydia's story. I thank you again, Lydia. I thank you, the listener, for joining me today. I love getting your comments and all the places that you love to leave them. I try to respond to them whenever possible. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Until next time, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.